This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at CosmicPotato.com. Hi, this is Shane. And this is Virginia. And this is Wait, You've Never Seen, a podcast dedicated to discussing well-known movies and TV shows that one of us has never seen. And today we're, we're discussing, wait, you've never seen Labyrinth? I have, haven't you? I have. What are we doing here? Well, we have a special guest with us today, founder of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network, of which we are part of, Sean. Hello, Sean. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Shouldn't he be the founder and discoverer of? I think that's <laughs> more fun. You should have discoverer. The discoverer of the Cosmic Potato <laughs> so upfront trigger warnings um david bowie is in this movie bisexual he, icon is that that's um, a trigger warning he's a trigger not, warning he's not a trigger warning if y'all would let me finish oh goodness um <laughs> in much the same way that i start sobbing every time i see carrie fisher on the tv screen uh. if you are not yet over the death of david bowie Please prepare yourself. He is in this movie quite frequently. Like half of it. Well, half Sarah, half Jareth, the Goblin King. Also, Jareth, the Goblin King, straight up kidnaps a baby. Kidnaps. It's true. That well, was disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, Jareth is a 39-year-old creeping on a 16-year-old, and that's gross. That's all. David Bowie was a 39-year-old. Jareth was supposed to be like 3,000 years old or something like that. Oh, true. True. <laughs> Why don't you tell us three things you were expecting from this movie? Okay, I was expecting very large and very detailed animatronic characters. Mm. I, was, I was expecting David Bowie to sing. <laughs> and I was... <laughs> and I was expecting some scary looking puppets with some not so scary voices because <laughs> a lot of times I, I, and you know I didn't even realize that Jim Henson actually directed this movie until I watched it I thought that I knew that Jim Henson worked on it I didn't know he was the, the director so I was yes. expecting his vision through and through yeah yeah I was expecting you know in the Muppets sometimes he, he'll create these big monsters but they all they all sound like Frank Oz they all sound like miss piggy or grover (laughs) so So, um were you expecting to like it or not no i was not expecting to like it um we were doing i don't stars i was expecting to give it maybe one star Mm. we were doing an episode of cosmic potato a while back and i don't even remember how labyrinth came up but i just happened to say i've never seen labyrinth to be honest. And Virginia was like, what? Wait, you've never seen Larry? <laughs> I literally could not believe it. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's just, it's, either. it's never been, I don't know why, because I was the right age because never ending story came out like two years before this. And it had a lot of the same, um, feelings to it, you know, uh, but I've seen the never ending story. What? What? Wait, you've never <laughs> seen the never ending story. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so 86, you know, I would have been nine years old, so I would, I would have been the market for this. I don't know why I never saw it. Well, it only spent 
three weeks in the theaters. Is that real? Yeah, it was a bomb. It was a wow. bomb. It made... I wasn't going to the theater a lot when oh. I was nine. <laughs> well, there wasn't exactly a clamoring for it once it hit video, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so what is your one-sentence TV guide slash IMDb summary? Okay, I said... A young girl is whisked away to a magic land where she meets a group of extraordinary characters and only the magic of the wizard can send her home. Oh, I'd, I'd say that. <laughs> I mean, I was convinced that it was going to basically be a Jim Henson remake of The Wizard of Oz. Right, right. That makes sense, yeah. Well, let me tell you what IMDb had to say. This is... Lab, you know, I always have trouble spelling labyrinth. Like, there's a Y in there for just no damn reason. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, Labyrinth's from 1986, as Sean mentioned. It's rated PG. It's an hour and 41 minutes. Adventure, family, fantasy. And it says, a 16-year-old girl is given 13 hours to solve a labyrinth and rescue her baby brother when her wish for him to be taken away is granted by the Goblin King. She's terrible. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> she hates her stepbrother. So how did things meet your expectations? Well, I mean, I did see a lot of Muppet-like creatures. Um, mm-hmm. not, none of them were as detailed as I thought. That they, they were. None of them were really the animatronics that I was expecting. Some of them had some animatronic aspect. Most of it was just people in a costume with an animatronic head on or something like that, you know. Uh, like was it ho- ho- what was his name? Hoggard? Hoggle. 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 Yeah, yeah. That was a dude in a costume, and then with a a head on that had all these animatronic features on his face and stuff like that. But yeah, um, radio controlled. Brian Henson. Uh, yeah, was yeah, yeah. yeah. I did so not know that, that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. There was that gig. I think they called it in the script something like Gigantor. There was that big that big creature. Creature. There was a there's a big creature with an axe that was swinging around, kind of clunkily. Oh, like in the in the village scene, like the little battle. Yeah, yeah right before yeah. they go into the castle itself. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so are you still keeping it at one star? Uh, I took it up to two. I had, a, I mean, a couple other things that 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 I, I wrote down. I didn't know that they, I didn't know that David Bowie was playing someone called the Goblin King because he doesn't look like a goblin at all. Yeah, I guess when you reach a certain age, you start to look like a human being. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Bowie did sing a couple of times, and he had songs on the soundtrack all the way through it. And uh, I knew that there was going to be a lot of hints and creatures, but I didn't realize that there was only going to be two people other than the the baby. I didn't realize that there was only two, two human beings in the whole movie. But uh, yeah, I bumped it up to, I bumped it up to two and a half. I mean, it was, I think it was too long, (laughs) but but there were parts of it. There were parts of it that I, that I enjoyed. So when David Bowie was just chilling out with the other gob with the other goblins, it really just felt like an unfunny, you know, guest star appearance on the Muppet show. Yeah. Yeah. The camera yeah. just doesn't move. Like he, they, he, Jim Henson kind of treated the camera like almost like, uh, like it was on, you know, as though he was just shooting television. He just locked it down and 
maybe you're in the frame and maybe you're not. Yeah, and I imagine because one of the scenes that he did, he did like a musical number with all these Muppet creatures around him and stuff. And when you're trying to sing with Muppets, I've heard this before from people that were on the Muppet show and that are on Sesame Street and stuff like that. What you see on screen is completely different than what they're doing. They're trying to sing and perform, and the voice that we hear coming out of the Muppet is not the same voice that they hear, and they hear it coming from like behind them somewhere. Right. Oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it completely throws them off, and, uh, and editing kind of saves it a lot of times. So. Right. Yeah, I don't think David Bowie like. I mean the. The Muppets aren't really natural, but he didn't appear very natural with the Muppets. Like that was some of the most awkward scenes was like the one you're talking about where um, he had that musical number with them. But like when he was acting like just with Sarah, Jennifer Connelly, like that was more believable to me. Like, okay, here's the Goblin King. He's here to like freak her out and is succeeding. Like that was more it seemed mm. like almost two different characters. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I have a question. Yes, ma'am. Why does Jareth the Goblin King have Vulcan eyebrows? <laughs> or is that just like really awesome eye makeup? I don't where, know. It seemed a little of both. Yeah, and where does he buy his makeup? Because uh, there wasn't a Target, you know, around the corner <laughs> from the from the castle. He had some extraordinary makeup going for him and hairspray. He had to buy hairspray from somewhere. Oh, my goodness. So much hairspray. Spe- magic spells? Magic spells. Yeah. Magic his hair up. I mean, we paused it for a little bit in the ballroom dance scene because I just had to stare <laughs> at the hugeness of Jennifer Connelly's hair. Like, it stood out probably a good foot and a half from, yeah. her, from the back of her head. Like, Aquanet Central. Nobody believes me, but that hair was actually radio controlled, just like the Muppets. Yeah, <laughs> it's swear. Not true. You um, know, I, I read somewhere that there was an alternate ending uh, made where we find out that Jareth actually is a goblin, but he has magical powers, so he can make himself look like anything he wants. So at the end of the movie, he like turns back into a goblin or something like oh, that, wow. which we do see him turn into an owl. Or and, oh, you know, flying around and stuff. So maybe it is that he's a goblin and he can just he can make his hair and makeup look like any way he wants it to. Oh, yeah. that's a good point. We'll get to this, but this this movie frustrates me because it could have been good. Like the basic story, like it's kind of in you know, it's kind of a straightforward plot. We know what we need to do, but like gosh, it just it just falls apart. Yes, I agree. Yeah, Sorry. because I never, I never felt like she was in any danger throughout the entire movie. Because most of the quote unquote villainous characters that we see end up being comical. I mean, the first time that we see Hoggle, he's taking a piss in a puddle. Yes. <laughs> you know, and, and yeah, that was that was weird. And then. Um, I keep going back to the never-ending story because I, I really think the never-ending story did this whole thing but did it better, you yes. know. Um, and they, uh, in the in the never-ending story, they had the swamps of sadness. And there's a heartbreaking scene where Atreyu loses his horse 
Artex uh, yeah. into the Swamps of Sadness. Because if you go through the Swamps There's of Sadness... Spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers for those of us who haven't seen it. That's true. <laughs> a 40-year-old movie. But um, if you go through the Swamps of Sadness and you let the sadness overtake you, then the swamp will consume you. Well, right. they have something similar in this movie. They have a swamp, but the uh, only thing that happens to you if you touch it is you stink really bad. Forever, though. Yeah, forever. 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 <laughs> Which we had questions about the uh, stones that Ludo calls to the surface so Sarah can get across are covered with the slime. Does that then transfer to her shoes or Ludo's feet? And, like, what does that mean for the eternal stench? Like, I had a bunch of questions upon watching this. A, a giant plot <laughs> hole, yeah. <laughs> But as soon as he started calling the the stones up, you know he can he can growl and stones just come out of nowhere. Like, okay, the stones are going to come back at some point in this movie. He's going to call stones and they're going to save him from from something. Right. I mean, it's, cool. it's a cool superpower though. Yeah, <laughs> I can call rocks. <laughs> something interesting that I learned when I was looking around before our podcast is um, my classic movie boyfriend, Cary Grant, um, was the inspiration for the line, uh, one of the lines of David Bowie's songs. You remind me of the babe. babe? Babe with the power. Power. Power of voodoo. You do. Remind me of the babe. It's from an actual movie that Cary Grant was in, also about an older dude creeping on a teenager, called The Bachelor and the Bobby Soxer, where the bachelor is trying to convince the Bobby Soxer that he's just off his rocker. And so just says this continuously in repeat. Hey, you remind me of a man. What man? The man with the power. What power? The power of hoodoo. Hoodoo? You do. Do what? Remind me of a man. Remind you old. <laughs> so now put that together. Grant's- Weren't all of Cary Grant's movies about an older dude hitting on a younger woman? <laughs> I mean, a few. There's also <laughs> arsenic, you know, and, old arsenic lace, and old lace was age appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have a question. Yes, sir. Uh, you cannot train a baby to cry. I mean, they just cry when they're sad. So I felt so bad about yeah. that. What were they doing to that child to make him cry so much? He was he was terrified of the he was obviously in the scene where he was there with all the goblins around him and stuff. He was terrified of those puppets. And they just kept rolling. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they had to have him keep crying at the very beginning of the movie because the crying is what pushes her over the edge. And then you have to have him crying so that it's noticeable when he finally stops crying. And that means he's been kidnapped. Yeah. That was the scariest part for me watching it as a child was like, oh, my God, he got kidnapped. Is she going to be able to get him? Oh, no, she forgot something. Oh, no. Like, that was the most stressful part of the whole movie for me as a child. Like, monsters, I don't care. This baby is not in control of anything right now. She's the worst babysitter ever because... The baby, I mean, the baby was only cried for like five minutes, and she was already wishing him away to the goblins. <laughs> yeah. Out of your babysitter, you want very basic things, like for them to not hate the baby. For yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she had some questionable calming technique. Like, she was doing everything but shaking the baby, pretty much. Like, bouncing him around and like, stop crying. So that was. Yeah, whenever I see in a movie where um, 
a baby is crying and you just put the baby in the crib and say, go to sleep and turn around and walk out. Baby, babies don't go to sleep like that. <laughs> <laughs> you have to calm them down and get them to go to sleep. You can't just say, go to sleep and then leave the room. <laughs> yeah. Babies. <laughs> so what other things do y'all have? Well, can I talk about Maurice Sendak for a second? Is that the where the wild things are person? Correct. Ah, copy, score. copy of that book is in Sarah's room. But uh, Maurice Sendak wrote a book and illustrated a book, a children's book called Outside Over There. Um, it's, it stars a young girl who needs to rescue her baby sister who was stolen by goblins. Hmm, that uh, sounds familiar. It was published in <laughs> 1981. So Sendek uh, had his lawyer send Henson a, a scary legal letter while he was in pre-production um, telling him that he would need to stop. Um, but the idea that Jim Henson actually like flat out consciously stole this idea from Marie Sendek kind of goes against his work ethic. Like, yeah, maybe he had the idea rolling around in his head and his daughter actually did have a copy of this book. But... Um, Jim Henson's real life daughter. Real life daughter, yes. Uh-huh. So, um, uh, Jim, Jim was kind of hurt. He was he was offended by Sendek's actions, and so, but Jim finally just decided to give him a credit in the movie for um, for the idea, and that seemed to calm him down. There wasn't any further legal action. Sendek though might have actually threatened Jim the way he did because. Um, because he was actually well friends with uh, both he and um, Jim's uh, then wife, uh, Jane. Um, Sendek was very close to Jane, and he was he was almost out of like self righteous indignation because he felt that Jim's constant uh, constant and open cheating on on Jane was unfair to her. So he decided to like attack him. Whoa! 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 Yeah. Whoa! whoa. <laughs> Jim Henson screwed around on his wife? Oh, yeah. I, I've heard that before, yeah. What? Not even. His mistresses was at, were all at his funeral. There was a wow. section for them. Wow. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not making that up. So. He based Maurice several Sendak of the Muppets was... on, on his mistresses. No, I made that up. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I never heard that one. <laughs> so Maurice Sendak was basically the Lancelot to her Guinevere. I guess. I mean, defending her honor and whatnot by threatening her husband. It's wrong to cheat on your wife, and it's wrong to steal things. But uh, come on. But I feel like th- this can't be the first story about goblins stealing babies. I mean, well, that, yeah, that's that, true. That feels like that's something that's been uh, in stories for a long, long time. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah. Somebody get the brothers Grimm on the phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that the um all the all the sets for the uh, movie they look pretty good, but they all look like sets. You know, they yes. um it, it looked like a giant puppet, uh, especially in the village. The village looked a lot like a uh, like a puppet stage, and the um the caves looked like Fraggle Rock. Sorry, the what? You you cut out for the, a second. The cave, the, you know, the caves that they were in. Uh, they oh. all looked like they were from Fraggle Rock. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I expected to see the Fraggles come. 
some uh, of the creatures, <laughs> the creatures who could like toss their own heads around, they were kind yeah. of fraggly. Yeah, yeah. Fraggle rock. But but it, also the there was some adult stuff that I wasn't expecting. I wasn't expecting to hear Hoggle say "damn," you know. And like I said, I wasn't expecting to see him peeing the first time we saw, <laughs> we see him. Things like True. that. So I mean. That's not something that you expect to see in what you consider to be a kid's movie, especially in the 80s. Kids' movies now are a little looser with stuff like that. But in the 80s, if it was considered to be a kid's movie, um, they would be a little tighter on stuff like that. And that, 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 um, the, the smelly bog, what was it called? The Bog of Eternal Stench. Like, it was very, very farty. It was yeah. very much. That was really, like, it was starting to make my stomach hurt. I'm like, okay. <laughs> we don't have to have these long, prolonged fart sounds. <laughs> Although, I'm sure when I was eight and I saw it, it was hilarious. I'm sure it was lovely. <laughs> Every kid loves a good fart joke. <laughs> More items, gentlemen? Well, I looked up what um, who is responsible for for the mess that the story became. And Terry Jones from Monty Python um, helped with um, help with writing this, um, along with Laura Phillips. She was the other writer. Now these two, so these two main writers, Terry Jones was interested in the world and the characters, and he focused on humor. And then Laura Phillips was usually great at fleshing out motivations and interpersonal relationships. So you would think that this would be a good combination for like a humorous, you know, myth, uh, mythological, you know, fairy tale. But um, in the end, not only Jones and Phillips, but Henson had, of course, a hand in uh, rewrites. Two other people, May and Lee, and then even George Lucas tinkered around with the script. Yeah, so, I read. That, I read that he was involved in some of the final edits. Well, that explains a lot. <sighs> <sighs> All right, you need to do a horrible green screen. <laughs> I don't often get to do my George Lucas impression. <laughs> it's a very good one. So the, this, the, the whole thing was a dream, right? I mean, am I the only one that thinks that? I think, I was wondering that too. Is she out of her mind? Like because when she other... goes back to... When she goes back to her bedroom at the end, there's a poster on the wall of the whole staircase puzzle. Uh, and so I'm thinking, well, then, you know, that was just something that was in her mind while she was having this dream. And that's why that scene took place oh. in the, that and staircase she, puzzle. Yeah. She also had the um, the wooden labyrinth puzzle, too. The one yeah. where you put the marble around it or whatever. Yeah, and then at the beginning when she's out uh, doing her fantasy role-play and cosplay stuff with her dog, she's acting out the whole you must give me back the child kind of thing. Uh, and then yeah. and then this whole thing turned out to be her trying to save a child. Like, So she's ha- she's having a dream, right? <laughs> or a break with reality. Yeah, that too. I don't know. I kind of, as a child, I kind of viewed it in the same vein as like the Wizard of Oz where she just goes to this fantasy land and then... Like that ends up being a you know mild concussion, yeah. But so I don't know. I just kind of took it for what it's worth. I never really considered whether it was a dream or not. It was annoying at the very end. There were like 
the creatures that stole your baby, the creatures that wanted to pull your head off and play around with it, they're all just hanging out in your room now. Now you're besties with all of these creatures. Yeah. Some of them wanted to do you harm. Yeah. <laughs> that was definitely a let's get the gang back together final shot situation, yeah. I think. That's right out of Jim Henson's mind because he, he always wanted like, this feeling of like a he wanted every movie to end with like a well not every movie but this movie in particular to end with warmness and a good feeling and blah 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 okay that'd be possible if not for all of the you know you've you've written yourself into a corner you don't get to have the ending right yeah that's why (laughs) i kind of that's why i kind of thought what this is a dream because now she can be friends with them because they're actually just characters in a story they were playing a part. They were playing a part in her dream. They're not really as evil as she as she saw them in the story that was playing out in her mind before. But I'm re- I read way too much in the stuff anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> they no, they are making a sequel. Though. They're supposed to be making a sequel. Oh, um, that seems like a bad that idea. That seems like a terrible idea. Yeah, it's it's. They announced last October that the script was finalized. I don't know if they've actually started filming it or not. But I mean, and that was after because David Bowie died in what 2016. Is that right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So it was. Two years after he died, and they're still planning on making a sequel. It's like, well, what are you going to do? You're going to have somebody else play the Goblin King? That doesn't sound like a smart idea. Jennifer Connelly is like 50 now. <laughs> or is she? She yeah. could be a youthful <laughs> Goblin Queen. We don't know. We don't know. True. So, do you all have other items before we move to the Bechdel test? I have one. I happen to have one thing. Okay. So that lithograph above Sarah's bed with the staircases going all weird directions, Mm -hmm. that's an M.C. Escher uh, lithograph called Relativity. M.C. Escher was Oh, it was an actual... Oh, sorry. I have a quick question. Yes. So the lithograph, was it the same as the staircase scene or it was just a coincidence? Like, was the staircase scene an exact replica of that Escher lithograph, or was it just an inspiration? The the scene in that room inside the castle was inspired by the M.C. Escher lithograph. Okay. So, M.C. Escher did lots of these interesting, you know, um, optical illusions in oh, his right. work. Um, and there's a lot of math involved in, in what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's so he studied both math and art, and he was in this weird place where he, where he wasn't accepted by mathematicians because they thought what he was doing was too close to art. And the artists didn't accept him because they thought what he was doing was too close to math. So he felt like he gained a lot of popularity, and his images are you know are still popular. I'm, I'm sure there's a dorm room right now with, uh, <laughs> with MC Escher staring into the globe. You know, that one, it's a self portrait. Anyway, he never quite found a home. <laughs> um, there's also, I just, I just happened to think of this. Uh, there was a TV show that came on in the late eighties. They actually started probably a year or two after this movie called Jim Henson's uh, storyteller. Was yeah. one of my favorite shows when I was a kid. But it only lasted, I think, maybe one season. 
but it was Jim Henson trying to retell all these classic um, fairy tales and things like that, and with a more uh, serious tone than what he normally did on, you know, the Muppets and and uh, Sesame Street and stuff like that, mm-hmm. where he would create these uh, creatures that looked a little bit more realistic. They still look like animatronic puppet-like creatures, but they were they were more uh, realistic and scary looking. Um, and they it, it it came out in like '87, I think. When I watched it, they were actually rerunning it as part of the Jim Henson Hour, which was like in the '90s. But uh, but yeah, if you go back, if you go to um, YouTube and look at some of the some of the scenes from Jim Henson's Storyteller, you'll see that Labyrinth had a big influence over that. Cool. So, are we ready for the Bechdel test? Yes, ma'am. I'm I'm thinking there's no way it passes. So I think it, I think it does pass. Um, if we go with the standard two named female characters who talk to each other about something other than a man, it does not pass because Sarah is the only named female character in the movie. However, she does talk to Stepmom and the Junk Lady. Those are their names in the credits. Um, so some people view the named part as optional. So I guess if uh. we just keep that part out then it passed but if we go with names then it didn't pass i read that the mom's name was irene but i don't remember them calling her that in the movie i just yeah, thought maybe it's maybe that's in the script or something i don't know yeah i wonder like obviously the dad didn't even say like you know oh just wait downstairs irene or whatever right i mean there was there were there was opportunities for the name to for her name to be known, and it, it just weren't taken. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, so that's why that's character. why I thought that it passed because because I thought that her name her name was Irene, so I thought that, that would make it pass. But junk, the junk lady, I didn't know if junk lady was her name <laughs> or if that was just what she was. She is oh. the junk lady. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. it just said the junk lady in the credits, but they like. They talked at length about like, oh, here's your pretty hairbrush and your pretty mirror and all of these things in your room. And she's like, oh, I don't, I remember this. I don't remember that. So if they had named her, even if she had been like Hoggett or something, yeah, that would have been enough. But they didn't. So it didn't. So our next question is typically, has the person who's seen it before had their opinion changed since their initial viewing? It is way creepier to me now with 39-year-old David Bowie and 16-year-old Jennifer Connelly than it was me thinking Jennifer Connelly was like this, I don't know. Anyways, that part is way creepier. Depending when you see it, too. Like, I saw it when I saw it when it first came out, so I was about 12. So, to me, when you're 12 and you're seeing a 16-year-old girl, I'm like, oh, well, you might as well be an adult. I'm 12. <laughs> so it yeah. just seems like oh there's all these older people in right, this movie. Exactly. And so it's a different thing. And also like I remember loving this when I when I first saw it. And now I'm just like oh this is just so bad. <laughs> like visually there're wonderful things in this. I I I don't want this podcast to end without saying that some of the character designs are just inspired and beautiful and it definitely has the Jim Hensoniness that I love, but gosh, sometimes he was just off base. 
Yeah, I I couldn't tell if if he was actually trying to get with her or if it was just a vibe that I was picking up. It it wasn't explicitly said in the script that he was trying to make her his queen, right? No. No, he... When she was doing her cosplay at the beginning, she read something in the book, or was he telling Toby? I don't remember. Where like, um, the Goblin King was entranced by the the girl, blah blah blah. So like, it was implied, but it was never specifically stated, like in the actual storyline between Jareth and Sarah. It was just sort of in her play acting kind of situation. There is that costume party, too, like that weird, like, fantasy inside a dream or whatever, where she is, you know, when she gets drugged. Uh-huh, when she has the princess dress with the big hair. Yeah, when she has the bumpet in her radio-controlled <laughs> hair. Um, he's definitely pursuing her. There's no real dialogue. Uh-huh. But that definitely looks like a man pursuing a lady. Yeah. That's a little disturbing. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was creepy. <laughs> So, Sean, are there any pop culture references you now understand? Not really. Yeah, when I do see it referenced on The Simpsons or on Family Guy or something like that, I know what they're talking about. Um, I couldn't think of any lines or anything that I had heard like in pop culture that I had not been able to place before. Or so. I, don't, I don't think so. It's just, it, it, I guess it all comes together now. <laughs> Right. Yeah, and to really, like, it hasn't really sunk into the zeitgeist, if that's the way you pronounce that word. Yeah. Like, it's not really... It is. <laughs> it annoys me when people say zitgeist. I'm glad you're not a zitgeist guy. <laughs> zitgeist? <laughs> Can we not say like, it that way? Like those, like those guys that say gif instead of gif. Hey, now listen. <laughs> <laughs> you want to fight, we have to wait until... <laughs> die Hard 3. <laughs> we do Die Hard 3. Right. Um, so I was going to ask, how would the movie be different with today's technology? But I mean, it's a fantasy movie. Um, unless y'all want to talk about the movie making magic of Henson, there's really, I mean, you can't really update a fantasy movie, you know? It would definitely not be puppets. It would be CG and then motion capture stuff. I don't think that they would do an entire movie with puppets today, other than... You know, other than the Muppet movies that they come out with every, but but they don't they don't really do very well anymore. That's true. Right? The last Muppet movie that came out, you know, didn't make a lot of money. So I think that if they were to remake Labyrinth today, it would probably be completely all CG, and all the characters would be motion capture and stuff like that. You know, if Jim Henson had like, um, if he just handed off the writing ball to like one person and he was alive in a time when he had the sort of CGI tools that are that are around now like I would love to see what he'd be able to, mm-hmm. to express yeah. I think I think it's a real loss that we didn't get to see that yeah do you have anything else to discuss I think that's plenty um oh I did have is it Jim Henson or Gim Henson it's you know what? Questions. Don't you know what? <laughs> Don't poke the bear. All right. Okay. So, Sean, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you? I do several podcasts on this network, the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. I do 
Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk podcast, which Virginia is part of. Uh, I also do The Landing Party, which is a Star Trek after show, which Virginia is also a part of. And uh, I also do The Mayberry Files, where we watch and review every episode of The Andy Griffith Show. Uh, so, you, yeah. <laughs> you can find all... The- don't do that. They're going to have to, like, sue yeah. us. <laughs> <laughs> you can find all that stuff on the network at CosmicPotato.com. Awesome. So you can find us on a bunch of platforms like iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. and right here on Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. Um, you can also go to WaitYou'veNeverSeen.com to find links, social media, and contact information. Leave us some feedback or let us know if you have any suggestions for movies or TV shows we should watch. That's our show for today. Next time we'll be watching Match Point. Thanks for listening. So I would have to say our next question is... Pippet, you're killing me, man. (laughs) That's not our next question. I wish the Goblin King would come and take you away. Oh, that's mean. Right now. <laughs> oh, you know what? I, I get to I get to hang out with David Bowie. F you. <laughs> <laughs>